Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the second Sunday after Epiphany for the week of January 17th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because this week we get to have just some really fun topics, I think. We'll end up talking a little bit about fig trees, which how often do we honestly get to talk about fig trees and figs just in general, especially with talking about it with our faith. And that's one of the things I just love about this podcast is really being able to talk about and take weird ideas and being able to stick them and bring them together. And I think in a lot of ways, in the way in which our world is right now, we need to be able to relate to each other in different ways. And that's sometimes what we have to be able to do is take these remote ideas and be able to bring them together and try being able to process all these together. And it really leads well into the Twitter question we had last week, which was, have you allowed the Holy Spirit to turn on different gifts inside you? And if so, what are they? This led to multiple different emails and tweets back discussing the different gifts that they have noticed in their lives throughout their life, various different things that they've noticed. And I was really fun reading through these, looking at a career, looking at one's life and recognizing the different gifts that were given for a period of time or gifts that we have been given throughout our lives and how they mold and modify and change, but the gift remains the same. And that's exactly kind of what we were talking about last week and looking at these different gifts and looking at what has been given to us and understanding in ways that's how the Holy Spirit works within us. This week we get a little bit of a different look at that, a little bit different connection we're going to be looking at. So I'm really excited. Let's just jump right into it. This week the gospel text is out of John chapter 1 verses 43 through 51. So we're back in John. So now again we kind of have this shift, a little bit different than talking about Mark. But we have Jesus beginning to call some of his disciples here. So Jesus is in Galilee and sees Philip and says, follow me. And Philip then kind of decides to follow. He then, with that, runs across Nathanael. And he makes this bold statement in verse 45. We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathaniel's a little skeptical, and I think honestly so. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip then again continues with this idea kind of demonstrated to him, come and follow me. But we have to recognize, especially with what I was talking about, Nathaniel is underneath a fig tree when this call happens. And Jesus, when he comes and meets with Jesus, this is a detail that Jesus brings up. And Nathanael then responds in verse 49, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. And Jesus responds in a very interesting way. Do you believe because I told you that I saw you underneath the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. This interesting call story, this interesting relationship. And I think one of the things to even notice here is this idea of just follow me or come and see. 
where a lot of times within life, when we think about it, especially in science, we don't try to describe it necessarily. It's just easier to say, come and see what I've been looking at. And I think this is kind of an interesting correlation to be thinking about here. The first reading this week is out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10 and optionally 11 to 20. So this is the children's story that we hear so much with Eli and Samuel, where Eli is this old man in the temple and has this young apprentice, Samuel, who is lying down and hearing the Lord calling him repeatedly, not once, not twice, but three separate times. The boy is confused and thinking Eli is calling. And so Eli tells him to go and lie down and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this is what we get then in verse 10, where Samuel repeats this. And if you go into the optional verses, it's kind of this depressing story on how Eli's family has just been taking advantage of the situation, especially with Eli being in the temple and realizing that essentially this is coming to an end and God is bringing back order to his temple and realigning and that there's going to be things that are going to go on with Eli's family that aren't as positive. But it's also interesting to think about and to note that even Eli, this man of God, takes him a while to recognize and hear and know the voice of the Lord. And this is even stated in verse 1, that the word of the Lord was rare in those days and visions were not widespread. So this idea that it had been something that was almost being lost. And so suddenly having this happen and having this boy listen and being able to hear was something of grand occasion. The psalm this week is Psalm 139 verses 1 to 6 and 13 to 18. This is a really fun psalm. I really like this psalm. Spend some time and really read over this psalm. It's the recognition a little bit of kind of like what we talked about last week of God being within us and the Holy Spirit, but understanding how God knows all and is this all being within us and completely understands us greater than we can ever understand. And especially in that 13 to 18, the third part of the psalm, it really gives the mothering side of God that we don't talk about a ton. Coming from verse 13, for it was you who formed my inward most parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. This idea of God just being this mothering figure, but also this former, this maker, this person who is discerning what is being made. It's this beautiful, beautiful, wonderful passage of trying to have the psalmist almost have us understand the thought process, the thinking through the thoughtfulness of each individual in God's creation. It's a beautiful psalm. I highly recommend spending some time with it. The second reading this week is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 to 20. This is kind of a beginning of going through 1 Corinthians here for the next couple weeks. Also kind of a weird jumping in point, but it also builds decently well off of what we talked about last week. Paul is talking about how 
the spirit of God is then in us and that it's within our bodies and to then treasure that. So then Paul compares this to having relations with a prostitute and trying to have the people of Corinth understand that when you're doing something of that nature, that because the spirit of God is within you, You are now connected to this other person because they have a spirit of God, whether they recognize it or not, within them. And those two fleshes are becoming one. And so that it becomes hard then for the building of what God is trying to create them between those two if that was not an intentional thing. And so this idea of recognizing that our bodies are a temple, that this is something kind of tying back to the psalm, this sacred thing, this holy thing with our bodies just being that, but then also recognizing that with that, that this is something to be treasured and not taken lightly and that our bodies should be something that we are conscious of. We're very thoughtful with it because this is the holy place of God within us. So, Before we jump into how faith and science come together, and as I've teased this week with fig trees, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, since I'm not an ordained minister, I haven't even gone to seminary, I really enjoy listening to four different seminary professors talk about these different texts week to week in the Sermon Brainways podcast. But there is also plenty of additional commentaries there, which are great to be able to go through and pick up additional insight or different wisdom. Plus, they have a nice, beautiful archive, plus other discussion points for preaching and just Christian discussion. If you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. So I've teased this enough that we're going to get into talking about fig trees because I think there is some really interesting things here with the understanding that Nathaniel is underneath the fig tree. Figs are brought up various times throughout scripture, even when you look at historical carvings of Adam and Eve, we look at fig leaves covering them. Figs have been kind of brought up throughout, and figs are a very unique plant. They're just unique. They grow into these kind of shrubbery trees, and it's one of these plants that we've domesticated over an extended period of time. We're talking potentially upwards to 11,000 years, but it's not your typical plant. Like when you take like an apple, for instance, especially here in the northern United States, it's a very common fruit. You're going to have a flower and then out of that flower becomes the fruit. Figs are kind of the opposite. Most of us have had dried figs and not fresh figs. And fresh figs, it's kind of a pear-like thing, but on the inside is where the flowers are. So that's where you find all the seeds. That's where you find if you get a fresh one, a little bit of crunch with the smoothness of the flesh coming from the outside, the protection around the figs. And we have this interesting mutual beneficial process of the way that the flowers are pollinated is most figs, not all, but most figs have a specifically designed wasp 
that directly works with the each fig type that will come in a hole at the bottom of the fig and it will lay its eggs in there. The tubes of the flowers are perfect for that, but while also doing that, it can't have eggs for every single flower. It's then picking up pollen and being able to spread that within the plant. The mutualistic relationship that we have here is that the wasps then are able to use the flower and gives them a safe place for their young to grow and to be able to reproduce and grow and go out and pollinate eventual future figs. But it also provides a way of self-pollination for the figs. And the figs, what's kind of interesting about this whole thing is when they drop, Again, they're dependent on some type of animal eating the fig and then defecating them in a new location for them to be able to grow. So it's this really interesting, almost semi-complex, mutualistic, beneficial relationships here between the fig and the fig wasp that pollinates it, but also the fig and whatever other creature that it's eating to be able to spread figs around. And it's a very interesting, complicated relationship. But I think this is kind of an interesting detail that John is throwing in here to kind of show a little bit of the relationship between us, or Nathaniel in this case, and Jesus. See, Jesus initially contacts Philip and says, follow me. Philip is kind of, oh, cool, and spends some time around him and notices Nathaniel. So he goes and talks to Nathaniel and his convincing point, come and see, come and see. That's his statement, very similar to what he had learned from Jesus. So we have this first initial reaction. And then as Nathaniel then comes and sees, it's then in that process of seeing Jesus and interacting with Jesus is that's when things make sense. But yet we have this relationship of Jesus talking to Philip Philip talking to Nathaniel, and then Nathaniel trusting Philip enough to then talk to Jesus here at the end of our text. Not that much different than fig, wasp, and some other creature to be able to mutually help each other. But this is also a process, this process of trust, this process of time, this process of come and see, follow me, just trust. Figs have to trust a lot. First, that a wasp is going to find them to be able to pollinate. And two, to be able to then be eaten and defecated somewhere else. And that there was some of these flowers that were actually pollinated, that the seed is then ready and that it's in a new area for the figs to be able to grow. This also, it's kind of interesting to be thinking about it this way, because how this multiple step process, if we look at the first Samuel text, it's very, very similar. First, we are told that we are not common to have widespread visions and these different things of that nature. The first time the Lord calls Samuel, he says his name twice in the text and then gets told to go back and lie down. The next time the Lord calls him, he says Samuel once goes to Eli and tells him then to go back and lie down. When you get to verse 7, it doesn't even call Samuel's name saying that the Lord called. But again, you get this thing of three, three times called the name of Samuel being used three times, which throughout scripture, three being the triad is a very 
typical thing to be shown as this godlike triad, this godlike thing. But here again, it's the third time. And the Lord doesn't even say his name. It's just that he calls upon him. And it's at that point Eli understands. The beauty, I also think, that's recognizing and understanding the beauty of a fig and looking at it from the relationship between Nathaniel, Philip, and Jesus is you start realizing with having Nathaniel underneath the fig tree is trying to show this beautiful, this isn't just pure coincidence, that there is some design to what is going on. Jesus almost like recognizing Did you not know that I knew that calling Philip would lead to me having you follow? Did I not understand this? And when you take that in comparison with what we hear in the psalm, talking specifically in that third stanza group, talking about the weaving of our innermost parts and how we are wonderfully made and understanding that God has been part of this whole process, And especially going back to last week and us understanding in our brains that God is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, much like water is in three forms, water as liquid, water as a solid, and water as a gas. It then also is reiterated in the second reading out of 1 Corinthians where Paul is reiterating that the Holy Spirit is within us. Again, kind of reiterating that back to the gospel text that, again, the Holy Spirit, whether Philip recognized it or not at that point, had been stirred within Philip, causing him to want to go and share it. And again, connecting and stirring the pot of Nathaniel's spirit and awakening the spirit within him to come and see what this thing is. This is the dependence. This is the relationships that we are dealing with. This is what our lives look like. And this is the way that the world was designed. I do not think it's unintentional that John put the detail of the fig tree in there. It's the understanding of, yes, if you want to try it back to Genesis and how often that we look at our the original sin being covered by fig trees and fig tree leaves, But I think moreover, it's the understanding that figs are dependent on multiple other things to be able to grow and prosper. Jesus calling on Philip understood that Nathaniel was dependent on other people going and talking to him, not Jesus talking to him directly. We have to understand in our lives that a lot of times God is going to come to us through others and that we are just as dependent on others as we are on ourselves. And that's the beauty of ecology. One of the things that we've talked about before, ecology is this whole idea of understanding relationships within an ecosystem. But ecosystems are dependent upon these relationships. This gets into trophic cascade that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Again, about the relationships that different creatures, both as mammals or amphibians, all the way to plant life, are all dependent upon each other to be able to grow and have successful ecosystems. Our social lives, our faith lives are not 
different than that. And it's the understanding that we have interconnections that that's where Christ is working. Jesus talked to Nathaniel, having him understand that, yes, I knew you were under the fig tree. And it's almost the realization of him calling upon Philip, stirring that spirit within Philip to have that recognition that that was going to bring Nathaniel to him. It's like a good hunter being able to track and understand the patterns of whatever he is hunting or she is hunting. To recognize that if I am here at such and such a time, I am most likely or I am going to see this thing, the thing that they are hunting. Jesus understands these relationships. Jesus is relating and saying, I understand the social dynamics. I understand how I am planting a seed in Philip and Philip is actually going to plant it in you. That I was giving Philip essentially two seeds, the seed within himself and the seed to give to you that then you were eventually going to come back to me to get it watered. Brothers and sisters, it's the understanding that these relationships that we have are the same concept. That there are going to be times that we cannot explain like what Philip is saying. Philip doesn't know how to fully explain Jesus. He gives the technical answer of we found the one that is relating back to what the prophets have been telling us and Moses has been telling us. Nathaniel doubts when we give the facts. Philip's then next response is come and see. Come and see. I can't explain it any better. You just got to come and see. You just got to trust me. Brothers and sisters, there's got to be times within our own lives that sometimes whatever is being said to us in the head knowledge that we just have to have faith to take that step out. When you look at figs, figs shouldn't exist. When you think about how dependent they are on their environment, their ecosystem, and it's not even just that of what is going on around them. They are so dependent on the ecosystem to have wasps be able to pollinate and other creatures to be able to distribute their seeds to actually be able to grow and multiply. That's crazy. But yet, that's the way it was designed. That's the ecosystem that's so fragile, so beautiful. That's the part of us trying to understand ecosystem, to understand the frailty and how how complex these places are. The fig example and being able to mention the idea of figs and understanding that relationship, I think helps us understand the relationship of God within us. God works within us and our faith is passed down from some other person. It's this idea of faith is something that is passed down. Somebody helped you find your faith more than likely. And from that, it's also when you have been given that to go and share that faith with others. And sometimes the best words that we're going to have is come and see. This week leads to a very weird spot to even try to have a Twitter question. But the Twitter question this week is where are your social circles similar to the fragile ecosystem? Where are your social circles similar to a fragile ecosystem? 
If we've learned anything over this last year, it's how dependent we actually are on each other. And that it is very difficult for us when we're having to be separate to maintain all these relationships, but yet we are also seeing in this text how important it is. It's hard work, but it's good work. Philip didn't just give up. And Philip didn't just pound him over the head with more Bible facts. Philip's gave him the option of come and see for yourself. I can't explain it any better than that. Come and see. Brothers and sisters, that also means for us that we need to be the living proof. Our lives need to be the living proof to be able to see the Holy Spirit, the Christ within us. That statement of come and see carries a lot of weight. The weight of us recognizing that not necessarily our words are what is the motivating force of the Spirit to be able to awaken the Spirit within someone. It's that our lives have to be actioned in showing that, that there is no deceit in us. Because we see in verse 47 from Nathanael when he sees Jesus, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And then he asks, how does Jesus know him? Our lives need to be similar to that so that when we are asking Jesus, how do you know us? It's, I have known you for such a long time. And there were others who came to know me through you. We are dependent upon relationships for us with our faith and others are dependent upon us for their faith whether we recognize it or not epiphany is this beautiful season of us learning more about who christ is and the wise men following a star to find this young child not at a manger anymore this young child that they had been searching and following a star for an extended period of time And when we're looking and searching and figuring out who Christ is in us, in the Holy Spirit, we need to be able to do the same. This is such a fun time of year, don't you think? I am so excited to just continue this self-reflection and trying to understand who Christ is within us. It's so amazing that we get to say that. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.